0: Log Talk Radio. Attention, patriots! Tired of the tyranny and crime in the sanctuary cities? Flee the city and seek refuge in the American Redoubt. FleeTheCity.com. Move to the freedom of Idaho, Montana, or Wyoming. FleeTheCity.com. FleeTheCity.com.
2: adding to the disclaimer that opinions of a host and of the guests of any particular show shall not affect the radio network as a whole. We reserve all ability and freedom of speech from all participants involved, including callers, and if you're offended, tough shit. Thank you, Resolution Radio. Now's your chance to get the last of the Resolution Radio blood tees. Only a few left available before we try to do a reorder. This has been a high-selling item, and we really appreciate everyone's support in getting this shirt and showing their pride, as well as showing their heritage. Nothing counts more than blood. Get yours today from Resolution Radio. Only $25 plus $5 shipping and handling. It really helps the network improve, and you really get a great product to showcase what you truly believe in. Nothing counts more than blood. Only from Resolution Radio at ResolutionRDO.com. Send check, money order, or well-concealed cash to Sonny Thomas at P.O. Box 27, Springboro, Ohio, 45066. That's Sunny Thomas at P.O. Box 27, Springboro, Ohio, 45066. You're listening to Resolution Radio at resolutionrdo.com.
3: Welcome to American Dissident Voices. I'm Kevin Alfred Strom. I covered the case of Jewish crypto swindler Sam Bankman Freed in my program, Jews Will Be Jews, four weeks ago. Since then, I've really been astounded at how the major media and the financial media have been treating Freed and his story. Here we have a filthy crook, son of two Jewish California law professors who ran the so-called crypto exchange FTX through a maze of over 100 affiliated and shell companies from the Bahamas and who brazenly took some $10 billion dollars in customer funds, which were supposedly invested in digital assets and gambled with them, and all the while pretending the funds were still there in his customers' accounts. Now he admits that some one billion of those funds are irretrievably lost, a claim I find not to be credible. I predict that we will eventually discover that the entire $10 billion has been looted and lost, with a significant portion squirreled away where he thinks no one can ever find it. And I think my prediction is a very conservative one, considering that we are only in the very early stages of unraveling the FTX fraud it would not surprise me at all if the fraud is really ten times larger. In fact, I know it is larger than claimed, since the very basis of Bankman Freed's business was to fob off his so-called FTT tokens on his customers, tokens he created out of thin air, and then gamble with the proceeds of that scam. Just like he gambled with the proceeds when he pretended to buy a real digital asset and made it show up in his customers' accounts as if it was really there. Just because those gambles sometimes paid off, And just because he was often able to meet customers' demands for withdrawals after raking off a healthy slice of the take for himself doesn't mean that those transactions weren't fraudulent, too. They were. The whole basis of Bankman-Fried's operations was confidence trickery. Give me your money and you'll get rich. The leering termite in tones in his best imitation of sincerity. Ten seconds after you deposit your funds, whoops, your money's really gone. You have a realistic-looking online account page with a reassuring balance, but actually, there's nothing there. Bankman Freed's Fraud could easily be in the multiple dozens of billions. And the bastard is still running around loose, living in luxury, unextradited in the Bahamas. And the Jew-controlled media are treating him like a dearly beloved and altruistic young genius who just happened to get in trouble because of market conditions and who's lost everything and who, above all, needs time to heal. And maybe, just maybe, if we are lucky, he will dispense some of his great wisdom in a seminar sponsored by the New York Times or in between softball media questions like how are you feeling these days in the financial press? And he is now constantly giving us apologies, sweet, treacly apologies for his failings, his momentary lack of oversight and his continuing and he implies lifelong efforts to make his customers whole again. Bankman Freed making his customers whole again is about as likely as finding gold bars on the street in front of the New York Stock Exchange. This is very similar to what another Jew con man, Bernie Madoff, did to his investors back in the early 2000s. Madoff pretended he was making investments for his customers, investments with fabulous returns, and he'd print out impressive-looking statements showing stocks and bonds the investors supposedly owned and how much gains they were producing, but really There were no investments. There weren't even any actual customer accounts. All Madoff did was pocket the money, some tens of billions of dollars, and pay out whatever small percentage that customers wanted to withdraw at any given time. And as long as he had the con, the confidence of his suckers. That percentage of withdrawals was low enough for him to pay it out without any problems and his scam rolled on and on for years. As one observer put it, quote, let's see, FTX created its own fake money. Madoff created his own fake trades. Customers got spooked and asked Madoff for their money back. Customers got spooked and asked Bankman for their money back. Madoff couldn't reimburse his customers. Bankman couldn't reimburse his customers. Close quote. That's pretty accurate. What unites Bankman Freed and Madoff is the fact that they pretend that their victims have funds in supposed accounts. But really, there is nothing there. I think what we're seeing here is an outcropping in the form of financial trickery of something inherent in the Jewish mentality, in the Jewish brain, in the inborn attitudes and tropisms that accompany... The parasitic mentality, which in human beings reaches its apex form in the Jewish people. There are members of all races, including our own, who are fraudsters, of course. And it is commonplace knowledge that probably a majority of the human race are fascinated by the idea of getting something for nothing and that a few of them, including, again, some members of our own race, succeed in achieving that by tricking their fellows, often by using the lust for unearned wealth among their victims as a lure. In addition to the Jews, there are a few peoples who have made parasitic behavior, deceit, fraud, and scams the very basis of their national tribal life. The terrible Williamson's in America, the Irish travelers in the Emerald Isle, the Rom in many, many countries around the world. But no one, I think, can even come close to matching the Jews either for the scale of their criminal trickery or for the sheer animal callousness and hatred for their victims and the bloody-minded parasitism expressed in their collective behavior. Think Enron. Think Global Crossing. Think the Scattered Corporation. Think Jewish Lightning. Think Martin Frankel. Think Gary Winnick. Think the Federal Reserve System and the fractional reserve banking system as a whole. The case of Leon A. Greenblatt and his Scattered Corporation from back in the 1990s is particularly striking, as I wrote then. Quote, Listeners may be familiar with the stock market technique called selling short, which means to sell stock that you are short of, In other words, selling stock that you do not have. This is perfectly legal and essentially constitutes a bet that the shares of the company you have sold short will fall in value, at which time you will replace the shares that were borrowed when you sold them. The difference between your short sale proceeds and the price at which you replace them is your profit for being so smart. Short-selling is a risky business since share prices go up more often than they go down and since there is no limit to how far they may rise, though they can obviously fall no more than 100%. These risks don't bother Greenblatt and company too much though. They have special dispensation from the courts. Greenblatt's company specializes in a special kind of raid called bankruptcy arbitrage, the exact details of which Greenblatt and his henchmen regard as a proprietary invention. According to Business Week, Greenblatt makes a fetish of secrecy and won't reveal how the strategy works. In schematic form, though, it basically consists of selling short the shares of a company about to emerge from bankruptcy proceedings and then replacing the shares with cheap warrants issued by the reorganized company. Greenblatt is known for playing fast and loose with the law. Business Week calls it creative interpretation of the rules. He routinely ignores the securities regulation requiring short sellers to deposit funds, backing their sales within three days. He claims that what he is doing is acting as a quote-unquote market maker, and so he is exempt from that rule. But that's no more valid than claiming that you are an employee of the sanitation department if you pick up a gum wrapper on a street corner. And Greenblatt gets away with it, betting millions with other people's money and then cashing out without a dime of his own being risked. If you and I tried that, it would be called free riding and could land us in jail. But of course, your name isn't Greenblatt. And that's not all. In 1993, Greenblatt and his Fellow vultures at Scattered Corporation had descended upon the wounded body of LTV Incorporated, a troubled steelmaker involved in bankruptcy. Grabbing for the main chance, Greenblatt sold short 180 million shares of LTV. The trouble was, there were only 122 million shares in existence, and not all of them were available for borrowing. Greenblatt had sold 58 million more shares of LTV than existed. In the process, he pocketed $27 million in 22 days of work. Now, The shareholders of LTV weren't too happy about this, nor was the Chicago Stock Exchange. Greenblatt was fined $6 million, leaving him only a paltry $21 million on the deal. But our hero wasn't about to let an injustice like that stand. Like his Pharisee forebears, he had the qualities of audaciousness and persistence. He finally found his prince in appellate judge Richard A. Posner, who may have shared some of Greenblatt's forebears, who overturned the fine in a Talmudically tortuous legal decision. Posner stated that while Greenblatt and his raiders may be reckless gamblers, sharpies, wise guys, exploiters of loopholes, even violators of the letter or spirit of the rules, they nevertheless play a valuable role in the marketplace and can keep their ill-gotten gains and do it again if they feel like it. Oy ve! what a country is this place, America. Orwell, you were right. Some animals are more equal than others. Close quote. A story for the ages. Selling something that not only you don't own, but that doesn't even exist, has got to be the ultimate in Jewish chutzpah and triumph. And then getting a judge who's a member of the tribe to okay the whole fraud as quote-unquote legal. Well, from the Jewish point of view, it doesn't get better than that. Are we going to see a similar playbook used in the Sam Bankman Freed case? We shall see. In the Victorian age, a new kind of investment vehicle became available to the common man, stock market investing. While there were legitimate brokerage houses selling shares in publicly traded companies, a phenomenon arose around the same time in London and New York and prospered all the way into the Depression years a phenomenon called the bucket shop. Bucket shop operators could charge low or even sometimes zero commissions on their sales, something that legitimate brokerages didn't do at the time, which made the bucket shops very popular with naive investors. They could do this because they really never bought or sold any stocks for their investors. They just gave out receipts marked with the company name and number of shares and then put all the money in a figurative bucket and paid out or pocketed funds based on whatever the ticker tape from the real stock exchange was reading at the moment. Again, look in the customer's account at a bucket shop. And what would you see? Just as before, there's nothing there. Except maybe your con in the shop operator. That the bucket shops were heavily Jewish is evidenced by the fact that in Kieran Heineman's twenty twenty one book Playing the Market, he notes that the campaign against bucket shop operators in the early twentieth century was viewed by many as a facet of quote deeply embedded anti Semitic prejudice. Close quote. The very concept of fractional reserve banking which is nearly all of banking in the Western world today, is based on the same there's nothing there principle. When the Federal Reserve makes a loan to the U.S. government, no one's account is debited. The money is conjured out of thin air, yet the taxpayers are enslaved essentially forever to quote-unquote pay it back. Plus interest. When your son or daughter gets a student loan, the brainwashing pen gets buku dollars, your child never touches it really, and the bank gets half a lifetime or more of payments from your son or daughter, a servitude that often makes having children difficult or impossible. But the bank just credited the brainwashing pen's account with $150,000 or whatever by the stroke of a keyboard. And no one's account was debited even a cupro nickel dime when they did that. They made the money appear out of nothing. But your family must pay forever. Truly. There is nothing there. Thus, the Jews play us for fools. Take what we have and laugh in our faces and do it again. Obviously, such fraud and parasitism cannot be the basis for a functioning society that will provide a future for our children. Blood-sucking does not create blood. It brings only death in the long run, even to the parasite. If their empire of nothing is allowed to grow and rule us much longer, we will have allowed our own posterity to be murdered. The men and women of the National Alliance are dedicated to ridding ourselves of the parasites and murderers and setting things right again.
2: listen to Resolution Radio 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 ResolutionRDO.com
0: Thanks for listening to Project Schoolyard Volume 2 For more information about the project
3: as well as lyric to the songs on this CD please visit www.tightrope.cc You can also find jokes news articles a photo gallery free CD downloads and a secure online shopping cart We carry a full line of flags, t-shirts, CDs, books, stickers, and other products of interest to racially conscious white people. Please visit www.tightrope.cc
0: The Occidental Quarterly fills a unique niche in bringing together scholarly articles on a wide range of topics that are mired in political correctness elsewhere. It is edited by Professor Kevin MacDonald, who's no stranger to listeners of the political cesspool. There are quite a few reasons for the precarious state of our civilization and our people. But one of the main ones is that we have lost the intellectual and moral high ground to a cultural elite that is hostile to our people and our culture. Those of us who are politically aware must understand that the elites dominating culture and the political process in the West are intellectually and morally bankrupt. TOQ is the key. Digital download subscriptions are only $30 a year. Subscriptions by first-class mail are only $60 a year. Go to toqonline.com and click on subscribe now. In addition to receiving fascinating and informative articles, you will also be supporting the work of scholars who are part of a community defending our people and our culture with the highest level of integrity and intellectual sophistication. That's toqonline.com.
1: Subscribe now. Are you worried about America? Do you fear the power of the Obama Brigades to take away your rights? The Obama presidency is the most radical left-wing administration in American history. Our constitutional liberties are in danger. What can you do? Join the Council of Conservative Citizens. For over 20 years, the CFCC has fought for the rights and ideals of the European American majority. The CFCC has won legal and political battles to protect your heritage and your liberties the CFCC advocates strong state governments over the power of Washington DC to rule your life. The CFCC believes in an American first foreign and domestic policy which opposes globalism and one world government. The CFCC advocates racial integrity as God's natural order. Visit our website today at www.cfcc.org and join fellow European Americans in the fight for our people.
0: Are you a native son or daughter of the South who pleads the stars and bars? Someone not born in Dixieland, but who is a Johnny Reb at heart and looking for a place to shop that promotes Southern heritage? Well, your search is over. Dixie Republic is the place to go for all things celebrating the Confederacy and promoting Southern pride. Inside the log cabin, just outside Traveler's Rest, South Carolina, Dixie Republic has t-shirts, hats, videos, flags, books, belt buckles, and some of the best mouth-watering barbecue sauce that will ever touch your lips. There's just about everything you want honoring the South at Dixie Republic. Well, you say that South Carolina is a bit too far for you to drive? Have no fear, my friend. All of this is just a mouse click away. Go online at www.dixierepublic.com. Your home for all things celebrating the Confederacy and promoting Southern pride.